and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Thankfully, I am feeling a lot better this week. I am still very nosy, I will say that. So thank you all for bearing with me with the late publishing of last week's episode. I really appreciate it. But this week, though, we're focusing on a really fun monster, and we are back to our legendary birds. Yes, this week we are looking at the incredible Thunderbird, from Native American mythology. And what a bird it is! I'm so excited to cover this one. The Thunderbird is described as an absolutely massive bird, so much so that they could pick up a whale in their talons. That is how big we're talking. There is no specific wingspan amount, but you can kind of imagine how big they are. They're usually considered an eagle-like bird or bird of prey with those striking and sharp features. They are said to have beautiful, bright and colourful feathers, however they are mostly considered to either be various shades of blue or a very dark navy colour so that they melt into the dark skylines of the night. They're apparently beautiful to behold, however the reason their name is what it is is because when they flap their wings it causes a thunder crash. The bird was also known for carrying two golden snakes which are individual lightning rods to start an almighty storm when they come together. Although it is sometimes believed that the lightning is caused by the Thunderbird just blinking. It's said that if a Thunderbird is seen, a great storm is due to start, or potentially a natural disaster. They're said to eat whales, as I mentioned earlier, and actually their favourite are orcas or killer whales. They're actually mentioned in stories as eating whales too to some frequency, so we are pretty sure of this fact. But the bird is so big, it does certainly make sense that it eats this larger prey. Gross though, they do apparently have teeth within their beaks, so they use those to tear apart their prey, as well as these massive talons to eviscerate anything in their way. I just think of like a giant goose, because they have barbed tongues, and I hate geese, but and I hate geese, but I love geese, all in, all in one thing. Take comfort though, that within native mythologies, the Thunderbird was actually a sign of protection, but also an enforcer of the morals of tribal life. If you were said to be morally repugnant, the Thunderbird might come for you. It's said that you should generally avoid the bird, in a general sense, as it is quick to anger, so you could just annoy it by looking at it for too long. When it comes to powers though, of course, we have the lightning and thunder generation, which in itself is really cool. However, it's also revered as the physical embodiment of the elements, and would reward or punish people based on how they treated each other and the land they inhabited. It is said that the bird could change form based on what the tribe or land needed, and could enact harsh punishments too. For example, it's said that sometimes the Thunderbird could carry vast lakes on its back and help with drought, but it could also set in harsh winds, floods and fires when not pleased. There are also some tales of the bird shape-shifting, either into a smaller bird in order to go around unnoticed, or into a human. 
When turned into a human, it would take off its large pelt of feathers and use this as a blanket to keep themselves warm in their little naked skin form. They would also tip their beaks over their heads and wear them like a hood, and they could remain human for a pretty long time. Their objectives in this form are mostly unknown, but it's thought that they are observing human behaviour and morality in the most obvious form to them, which is obviously sitting down with them. They could also change back by pulling their beaks back down from over their heads and putting their feathers back on. So it is a very quick transformation. However, all of this, the description, the origins, everything, depends on your tribe and which part of these stories the tribes themselves believe in. The Thunderbird of the Menominee peoples believe that the Thunderbirds live on an enormous mountain that floats in the sky. They control the elements and generally enjoy watching human life. They love humans fighting and this accomplishment of impressive feats from humans, and these Thunderbirds are known to be enemies of the Masikinubic, otherwise known as the Great Horned Snake, another reason mankind has not been destroyed by them. The Great Horned Snake, by the way, is definitely a monster for another episode. I've got it already noted down as one to cover, it's a fantastic monster in of itself. The Ojibwe legends of the Thunderbird say it was created by one of their cultural heroes, Nanobozho, in order to protect people from evil underwater spirits. They would migrate with other birds and live in the four directions. The Thunderbird of the Winnebago was said to give people powerful abilities. Their traditions dictate that anyone who has been granted a vision of the Thunderbird during a fast will become a mighty warrior chief. In the Sioux legends, they claim that the Thunderbird protected the humans from Unctelia during the old times. The Unctelia were reptilian monsters, and without the help of the Thunderbird, man may have never existed at all. Again, this is a monster for another episode. They are far too good to not cover. Now, in the Arapaho myths, the Thunderbird is a representation of summer, in contrast to the White Owl, who represented the winter. The Algonquin peoples believe that Thunderbirds were ancestors of the human race. Thunderbirds within their mythos are very much linked to the creation of the world, and they were considered rulers of the upper world, while the Great Horned Snake ruled over the underworld. Thunderbirds protected humans from it completely. And lastly, the Shawnee tribe also believe that a Thunderbird could change its appearance in order to interact with people, but they believe that you could figure out who was a Thunderbird as they appeared as boys who spoke backwards. Now, that's just some of the tribal myths surrounding this legendary bird, but you do get the gist. I would be here forever if I went through all of the native tribes and how they feel about the Thunderbird. There are 574 recognised tribes, so forgive me for not going into them all. I'm sorry if you've not been represented within this. I just physically cannot cover them all. On to etymology though, the English word Thunderbird is very much a literal translation of the powers that are associated with it, with that creation of thunder when its wings flap. But the native cultures that this bird comes from have many different names for it in their own languages, such as the Sioux tribe calling it Wakiyan, Anishinaabe calling it Anamiki, Buhu in Arapaho, Baha in Gros Venture, Sigwe in Potawatomi, and Ene Maki in Menominee, for example. They are mentioned in so many other tribes, but again, 
very much too many to cover and sometimes they're mentioned more as a weather or thunder spirit rather than taking a physical form of a bird and so sometimes their etymology reflects that in different languages and tribes. In terms of their origin and history though, it is an interesting one because no one is actually sure of when this started appearing in folklore. There is no single written history or date of sightings, but only stories, which is what I'm going to tell you about because that's really the fun bit. But yeah, I have nothing on dates or origins this week I'm afraid. If you've listened to any of my other Native American monster episodes before, you'll know that sometimes it's the case that information isn't shared with outsiders, so it might be a case of this, but it might also just that we have no specifics. But let's get into some of the stories about this great beast. This one is called The Thunderbird Fights the Minlos Whale. It is said that a long time ago there was a great flood which covered most of the earth. During this time, the Thunderbird and the Mimlos Whale were in a massive fight. Every time the fight would end with the Thunderbird dragging the whale up to its mountain nest, but the whale would end up escaping back into the water again. Eventually though, after years of fighting, the Thunderbird gave up and let the whale escape to the deepest depths of the ocean, and that is why orcas are still found in the deep sea to this day in native culture. You can actually see the place where they are believed to have fought, in the Olympic Peninsula, west of Seattle in the US, where no trees grow to this day. Another is that of the Thunderbird turning people to stone, which is a fun one. It's said that a hunter found the prey of a Thunderbird whilst hunting, but the whale was so big that the Thunderbird was knackered and decided to take a nap nearby. The hunter then returned to his tribe, told them of the bounty of meat, and they went and stole it from the bird. The Thunderbird then awoke and caused a great storm. The hail came down like massive boulders and killed all of the people in the prairie, and after the storm had passed, their bodies and the stolen meat turned into stone. I did warn you that they would go full on if you angered it, this is just one of those stories. The last one I'll tell is probably the coolest, but also the most gory from the Passamaquoddy people. It's said that the Thunderbird was discovered when two warriors wanted to find the origin of thunder. They ventured into a mountain that opened and slammed shut as you went past. The first warrior went through absolutely fine, not even a scratch, but the second went at the wrong time and was crushed by the mountains coming together. On the other side, the surviving warrior found a group of natives, and some of the elders decided to help the young man discover the origin of thunder he was seeking. They put him inside a mortar and pounded all of his bones until they broke. And then they built him a new body with the wings of the Thunderbird, alongside giving him some bows and arrows for his time. It's said that this specific Thunderbird looks over the Passamaquoddy tribe as a mighty protector to this day. Now, we know the idea of the Thunderbird went way back, and some researchers believe that the Thunderbird myth was actually a way for Native Americans way back when to discover and explain the elements. Not only is it responsible for the weather, but sometimes that line between life and death, but also human morality. It can make sense that it can almost become a deity as such. It also sometimes is thought by researchers that the Thunderbird could just be a constellation too, which certainly gives this bird a legendary edge. Some researchers 
also believe that the Thunderbird legend could be based on sightings of real birds, even potentially pterodactyl dinosaur species. However, this completely takes it out of the running for an existing myth monster. This also contradicts the idea that it has these bright feathers, as we know that pterodactyls had no feathers, and they were incredibly bland to look at. But they were huge, and were known to have those teeth on the inside of their beaks too, so it certainly makes sense that maybe the earliest misidentification with Thunderbirds happened with the first people. It might also just be a way to explain crazy weather, especially to early humans, but it might even be as basic as megafauna or massive plants which we know dominated the early landscapes in these areas, and again, just a case of misidentification, which seems pretty common in this case. But now on to modern media, we actually only have a few this week, but I think we have enough to cover it. For art, I would really recommend having a look at independent stuff this week, and actually some native prints, carvings and art, as well as symbolism within flags, and on totem poles within native spaces. However, do always ask consent to enter these sacred spaces, but 100% please make sure they are native-backed, we want to make sure this is all going back to the native community. In movies, we only have the one, and that's the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them film which is a Harry Potter spin-off. If you've not seen it, you know that I'm very anti-JK Rowling, but they are quite fun films. For TV, we have a couple. We have One Piece, Digimon, Raiden, Hilda, Power Rangers Mystic Force, Gargoyles and Aladdin the series. In video games, we have ones such as Devil May Cry 1 and 5, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Don't Starve, Fantasy Life, Final Fantasy 4, 7 and 8, Etrian Odyssey, Extra Power Star Resistance, Genshin Impact, Heroes of Might and Magic, Horizon Zero Dawn, Warcraft 3, Zelda 3, The Adventures of Link, Thunderbird Strike, Pokemon, Mega Man 5, World of Warcraft, Shadow Hearts from the New World, Shin Megami Tensei, and Terraria Thorium. My book recommendation this week is Native American Creatures by Trident Books, which is quite new. It is very short, it's a very short summary of native monsters, but it does cover the actual monsters just as a whole rather than going into the myths and folklore. However, if you're interested in this, I would recommend Native American Myths Collected 1636 to 1919 by Rosalind Curvin. I've recommended this before, it's a much more in-depth study on the myths and legends from these cultures. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I really love this monster, I think it's got a really cool idea behind it and certainly some great stories to go along with that. However, I'm going to say no. I'm going to stick with the science on this one and say that we know that the Thunderbird is absolutely ginormous and so would be so unlikely that we wouldn't have spotted one by now. It's a hard argument to even believe that phoenixes exist, and they are much, much smaller, let alone a gigantic thunder eagle flying through the skies getting annoyed at people. It could certainly fall into cryptid territory, rather than mythical beasts here, as there are enough stories regarding this one to get away with that definition. However, it might just be a case of extinction too, we do know that big birds did exist, such as the giant cranes of Africa, and the dinosaurs such as pterodactyls, but we know that most of these creatures went extinct due to their appetites, just from being way too big, just like the megalodon, 
which was the biggest predator in the seas, it just could not keep up with its own hunger, and I think this might be potentially the same with a thunderbird, especially if it was eating whales in the same oceans as the megalodon too. Now, I certainly don't want to reduce this amazing creature down to a video game, but the Thunderbird was actually the inspiration for the Pokemon Zapdos from the original 150, literally one of the three legendary birds. Now, I've covered two of these now, with the Phoenix being the inspiration for Moltres, so now I've just got to cover the Sigma for Articuno, so I will make sure that we kind of get these soon so that I can complete this little series and maybe make it an actual separate thing that I've covered the three legendary birds. But what do you think? Do you think the Thunderbird still roams the skies, or maybe did at some point? Let me know on Twitter, I would really love to know what you think. But one awesome monster to cover this week. I really, really love covering the legendary birds. And actually, I like covering bird monsters to begin with. I really enjoyed covering the Bennu a few months ago, so... Maybe it's the original Pokemon hunting from the noughties that has inspired this, but I also quite like birds. I just think they're quite fun. But I will reiterate that I really hate geese. I hate them. Next week, though, we're heading over to Persia for the first time in ages, and we're looking at the wonderful and mysterious rhino-like creatures, the Karkadan. Get ready to hunt some horns with me next Thursday for this mythical beast. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk. And you can find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though. Share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky. And I'll see you later, babes.